We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Rival Fantasy. Jeff Erickson here with Fred Zinke, and we're going to have a lot of debuts to discuss, uh, a lot of news, and a lot of injuries, and some more prospects to take a look at here. Come all coming up. Welcome, everybody, to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with Fred Zinke, and we got a lot to discuss today. Uh, we had some smashing debuts, Royce Lewis in particular, Bobby Miller with his second start, a uh, really good one as well. Uh, in relief, Ben Joyce had a smashing debut as well. So we're going to kind of hit those up uh, periodically throughout the podcast. Fred, what's going on? How are you? I'm good. Uh, my Blue Jays are getting back on track after a tough time in the AL East, so um I'm not seeing the playoffs for them as, as much of a certainty as I used to. So, but that's actually making the regular season maybe more interesting. Well, yeah, uh, as uh, I, I believe it was Todd Zola or Scott Jenstead pointed out on Sunday, if you look at the AL East and the AL Central and like in sequential order, they also go one through 10 in terms yeah. of uh, record. So it just shows how hard the AL East has been so far. That said, uh, the Toronto is now tied with Minnesota in terms of uh, one loss record. But um, point is, it, it's not easy. And, you know, they had a stretch where they're playing a lot of AL East teams and they did not fare so well in that stretch. So perhaps just getting out of their own division, playing fewer games uh, against the division has been is, is going to be something that's helpful for them this year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if they don't make it, they'll probably look back and say that it was the record within the division that cost them. Um, it, a lot of it, though, with with the schedule being more balanced, will probably come down to which AL East teams can really dominate the rest of the league. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so, uh, you know, that that then. You know, the Rays have passed that test so far. The Orioles have passed that yeah. test so far. Uh, Orioles, I mean, hey, they they fared well against the Jays and Yankees last week. So uh, they're, they're to, you know, I keep I keep looking at that rotation. And I'm like, how how are they there? You know, I, I'm so unimpressed with what they did. Grayson Rodriguez is uh, someone who has got failed in his first trial, has got sent back down. Uh, they're getting by with some pretty shaky starting pitching, at least in name. But then you look at their win-loss record, and you realize their bullpen's been amazing, and you know their hitters have been pretty solid. Let's start with the Orioles, though, because Cedric Mullins is on the IL for them now with an adductor strain. Uh, he may be out a while. That's the type of injury that usually yeah. is not a 10- to 15-day thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, he's still a must-keep in every oh, of fantasy league, for yeah. sure. Um, 
you know, maybe 10 team points leagues, I guess he'd be a cut. But anyways, um, yeah, this will test him a little bit. They signed Aaron Hicks today. I don't think that's going to be much help for them. Ryan McKenna will probably have to play a little bit more. Um, Adam Frazier uh, is hitting lead off tonight. So this could be, so Adam Frazier has been like a sneaky good fantasy asset so far this year. I have him in a couple leagues. Um, I don't know if I expect this to continue, but I think he's got off the top of my head. He's got six homers and six steals. That's pretty good. Like a little over a third of the way through the schedule. Like that's, you know, say roughly a 15, 15 pace. So if he hits lead off and plays every day, um, well, uh, Mullins is out, you know, he could be someone who now all of a sudden becomes like, maybe not a total set and forget, but like pretty close in 12 team leagues. Yeah. Um, he, he maybe so. And if, you know, the thing is like, keep waiting for like Jordan Westberg to get the call or, or a couple of the other, uh, infield prospects, but it might be at the expense of Jorge Mateo instead of Frazier, uh, Mateo after a great start, you know, uh, good enough to encourage Joe Sheehan to trade him to me. Uh, has really tanked lately. He's hitting 227. Uh, he's got the six homers, and I think a lot of those were early. 15 stolen bases. Some of those have come later. But uh, point being is, if you look at like you know last 21 days, 0.93 with a 138 on base and a 0.93 slug. So he's really been lost up there. Yeah, uh, you know a 285 OPS in May. Uh, pretty sad. It's it's amazing how much these players, you know, they, they go up and down and up and down, but they so often, especially if they're not like really young or really old or whatever, but it's amazing how much they do end up just eventually steering back towards their level, you know, yep. water finds level kind of thing, as Todd Zola would say, um, 661 OPS now this year, it's pretty close to the 646 last year and the 670 the year before that. So it just came in fits and spurts. But I, I, I admitted a couple of weeks into the season that I had some Mateo regret that I passed him over in the late rounds of drafts. Mm-hmm. He still would have been with what you've got from him so far. If someone drafted him, used him up to this point, and maybe was now backing off of him, you got six homers and 15 steals in about a third of the season. So it still would have been worth the 23rd round pick or something that it took to get him. But um, yeah, I don't know how long he'll keep an everyday job, but the injury to Mullins takes... Frazier maybe well Frazier's still playing second base tonight so I was gonna say maybe it puts Frazier a little more often in the outfield but it isn't tonight he's he's still playing second base so I don't know maybe it doesn't maybe the infield doesn't get too jammed up maybe Mateo keeps playing but it but still just stays permanently batting ninth if he's not hitting for average he's gonna steal a lot of bases to be viable yeah tonight Aaron Hicks is playing I mean Austin Hayes Aaron Hicks signed with the team Austin Hayes is playing center field uh, yeah. Taryn Vavra is in uh, left field, uh, and Santander remains in right. But it, you can see, like, they're, they're moving people around. Gunnar Henderson, who's a really good defender, is playing DH. I, and the Orioles are weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they must have a plan to, you know, it's his turn to DH, mm-hmm. right, tonight. So they're going to rotate it around. Ramon Urias is at third tonight. Um, yeah. We'll see. We'll see where it all shakes out. But yeah, if Mateo keeps hitting this poorly, they certainly do have prospects. And on the pitching side, I keep waiting for them to bring up DL, DL Hall. But so far, uh, they haven't really needed to. They've got Austin Voth in the rotation right now, um, which isn't very inspiring. Although he's kind of had his moments. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, sure to see when they bring up Hall. I I feel like that could happen sooner rather than later. 
Yeah. Uh, and I'm trying to look, I'm looking up see, right now to see what Hall has been doing lately. I know uh, he got, you know, the thing is he was up with the big club a couple of times once uh, this year and he pitched in 11 games last year and they, yeah. they don't haven't used him as a starter there, but in the minors he started, but he's only thrown 32 Man. innings in eight starts, which is kind of weird, yeah. but, uh, and he hasn't been good either. Five or six year a, yeah, um, lots of strikeouts for control. Yeah. So I don't know what to make out of DL Hall. I wouldn't write him off because it's hard to find guys that can miss bats like that. But at the same time, you get he's also missing the strike zone. And if he's missing it at triple A, you got to figure that's going to be exacerbated at the big league level. Yeah, that's true. At the same time, like for like just to use a really relevant topic today, Bobby Miller's triple A stats this year weren't very good. There's triple his minor league stats last year were just okay. Um strikeout rate's good, but last year mm-hmm. with the rest of it, meh. Fair. Yeah. So I mean and then he's had a couple of really good starts for the Dodgers since coming up. So, you know, if the pitcher's skilled, maybe we have to take the minor league numbers a little bit with a grain of salt. But I do agree with you that maybe Hall's not ready. To, well, if Hall came up, he would get picked up in every league. I'm, I do agree with you, though, that I'm not really sure if he's, you know, ready to help fantasy teams or not. You pick him up, you'd, he'd be a pick him up and put him on your bench kind of guy at the beginning. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Atlanta may have... Uh trying they might have they found the next spencer strider uh they called up aj smith shaver and this happened right before the podcast and i gave you no time to repet for him but uh he's james anderson's number 31 prospect uh 355 in our his dynasty rankings you can check both of those out on the site at rotowire.com slash pod james came up with his uh recent update to those rankings and smith shaver was a big mover up uh he yeah, but he did it. He had his recent update last week, so uh, obviously uh, it's pretty fresh in the rankings. He's been a starter at the big league level. I'm wondering what the usage is going to be for him for the Braves because they just called up Mike or just activated Mike Soroka. That gives him five starters. Uh, Smith Shaver like start off in the uh, bullpen and you know move eventually move to the rotation. Yeah, the Spencer Strider comparison is an interesting one, just in the sense that Strider started off last year as a long reliever. So yeah. That that should that would make some sense to me. I think Soroka last night was like he wasn't good, but he was good enough, right? Mm-hmm. It, it was the A's. I was maybe expecting a little more. That being said, like Soroka's not really a strikeout guy. He tends to not really be totally like a dominance guy. He's a he's a like so far in his career, he, even before he was injured, like he's a good pitcher who you know is 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 effective without having massive strikeout rates. You know, career ERA two ninety five, but career K per nine of 7.1. Like he's, he's that kind of a pitcher doesn't walk a ton of batters. He was, like I said, he was, he was fine last night. Just okay. Certainly though, plenty good enough to get more starts. Jared yeah. Schuster's Jared Schuster has been okay since getting a new chance at the rotation. Um, he's primed for a good start tomorrow night against the A's. Like that's a really advantageous position for him. So uh, I picked him I up would, in labor. So we'll see you beat me out on the tiebreaker. By the way, oh, that labor. Pay, it pays not to be in first place. Yeah, Fred. I uh, um, I had a one humble brag. I'm in first place, is what you're saying. I, I just said I was ahead of you. I didn't say I was in first place. <laughs> um, I had a dollar bid in on him, and then I was like, oh, "I'll never get him at a dollar. Someone else is going to bid a dollar." So I went to two dollars. One one at least one other guy. I guess I didn't bother looking. At least one other guy bid two dollars. So. I, I thought it was a I thought it was a solid pickup. Just the start this week alone against the A's is probably worth a dollar, and then you see where things go from there. So, anyways, back to Smith Shaver. I think, yeah, I could see long relief, and then that keeps him fairly stretched out if they need him in the rotation. His minor league numbers are like 
are outstanding this year. Uh, 109 ERA, 0.94 whip, 45 right. strikeouts in 33 innings. Last year they weren't awesome, um, but this kid's clearly he's only 20 years old. Like he's was he and he wasn't a high draft pick, seventh round draft pick, but he's clearly on the fast track. Yeah, and he was over slot too. He, they gave him yeah. almost a million dollars and for yeah. uh, as a seventh rounder. So yeah, yeah. I mean they they obviously think highly of him, but it's it's he's 20 years old and he's already getting the call. That that's. He's raced through the minors this year. He started off in high A. He's like the pitcher equivalent of Juan Soto. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I I also think it demonstrates a need for them, too, uh, that they they didn't have a guy that they could turn to on the 40-man roster they felt pretty good about. Um, I always get nervous about situations like this. Like, okay, well, they rushed him a little bit. You know, what sort of role is he going to have? How how well is he going to fare? Yeah, what would you need to see from him between now and Sunday? So obviously, like in this pitching, I do think pitching stabilized a bit since the beginning of the year. I've heard some other podcasts talking about that. I, I do find that, that we're not getting maybe the blowups haven't been quite as bad and we started to figure out some starters we can use. And that being said, like you can definitely, you can always use more effective pitching. Mm-hmm. Um, what would he have to do between now and Sunday for you to want to pick him up? Uh, well, We'll see how he debuts. Like have like first, a three-inning right? relief appearance where he looks great. Like yeah, I mean that, that's funny because on opening day last year, Strider made a de- his debut in relief and cooked. He was great yep. Yep. against the Reds, um, and he pitched multiple innings. So I took him. We had we got a because last year was so crazy. There was the uh, there was a lockout, so you know we're compressed draft season after the lockout ended. The Rotowire staff keeper league auction and reserve slash miners draft happened on opening night. And so I bumped Strider up in my rankings and got him. That's one that's like the one good pick I made. But I was watching it as it was happening. I'm like, well, why not get this guy? And I get him as a minor leaguer too. Mm-hmm. So let's go. Um, and I can choose whether to activate him later on. And that, obviously it's 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 hugely paying off. So I'll watch that though. I mean, we always look for patterns. It's probably not gonna be this. It's probably not going to be that great because let's face it strider is special yeah. but atlanta is also kind of a factory for developing these sort of guys yeah when i look at the braves bullpen too this year like they're middle of the pack in overall era uh aj minter's actually been maybe one of their biggest problems he's got 713 era and he's made 25 appearances but they do have like there wasn't a bullpen that i felt like was screaming for help like mm-hmm. like rizal iglesias seems to be like he hasn't been awesome since he's been back but he's been fine i think he's fine like he's gonna be gonna be fine right um nick anderson's been good for them uh kirby yates has been like okay joe jimenez has been okay like they've all been they've been okay uh, Colin McHugh's been, oh, oh, well, his, his whip's 192, which isn't good, but ZRA's 354. Like, as far as results go, he's been okay. I don't know. It's like I say, uh, Jesse Chavez has been good for the Braves. So, right. Uh, it's not a bullpen that I thought was like dying for help, like right well, now. Obviously, so they, obviously to... they think there's something in this kid where he needs to be in the majors right now. Yeah. And obviously, I think long term, the plan is obviously as a starter, but it may not begin that way. And that's nor that used to be the normal way, right? Yep. Uh, we yep. saw that with so many pitching prospects back in the day. Um, Smith Schauber or Ben Joyce, who made his debut last night, had threw an easy 102 against the White Sox. Um, oh, that's a really good question. Um, I'll say maybe. Uh, I was going to say. Uh, I'll say Smith Schauber for now. Okay. The, my thought on Ben Joyce was maybe that the. 
there's maybe a little more op- of an opening. Although Carlos Estevez has been fine. But yeah, maybe he hasn't a won a save yet for, this year. Yeah. yeah, maybe there's a little more of an opening in that bullpen for high leverage roles. That was my thinking. But I'm going to say Smith Schauver because uh, he stretched out. Maybe there's a scenario there where you can get a lot of strikeouts from him a week because he's maybe averaging more like four innings a week, mm-hmm. getting you six strikeouts a week. I don't think we're, we'll get that necessarily from Ben Joyce. That's what, I, that's what I'm going to say for now. Both of those pitchers, I think, on Sunday in Fab Leagues will be not high bids. They'll, they'll be interesting, like, between now and then. But I think they'll I think they'll both be added in 15-team leagues. But, not, but again, not for... I'd be surprised if they go for more than thirty dollars. Yeah, I think that they. Uh, I think with the one of the things they have in mind and why they call Joyce up is because Estevas can't pitch like every day. You know, there's mm-hmm. been times early. Remember early in the season, Estevas kept on missing on the save chances. He'd mm-hmm. pitch with a four run lead, and then he wasn't available the next day. Uh, and they just didn't have like the next guy in line. Matt Moore's on the IL right now. Uh, so they called up another kid, Sam Bachman, who was in double A and had major, major control problems, but he also throws really hard, made his debut on Friday night. I saw that game, actually. I was there in person, but he was their first-round pick in 2021. Um, and th- this is a team that has Salt Lake as their triple-A affiliate and the Southern League as their double-A, where they're using that tacky ball, and some pitchers have really struggled with that. And that's So there's a good article by Sam Blum in The uh, Athletic talking about the Angels and some of their decision-making, how they're – being a little aggressive pushing these guys, uh, especially because this is a big year for the Angels, right? You know, it's Otani's walk year. They got to win this year. They want to have a chance at retaining him. And if they don't win, if they're not winning at the trade deadline, they have to consider trading him. So, I mean, they're, they're kind of like all in right now, kind of throwing every asset they can. And if some of the other guys in the bullpen were struggling a little bit, well, well let's bring on Ben Joyce. Let's bring in Sam Bachman. Let's see what happens with these guys. Because this is the big year. Yeah. Abs- oh, yeah. I mean, they've got to have success this year. Uh, like you said, just to have Otani finish the year with the team, which is huge for their organization and at least be able to make an attempt to yeah. re-sign them. Their bullpen's actually been pretty good this year. So they're seventh in the majors in ERA. Right. Uh, I wouldn't say it's been, like, amazing, but they have had some guys. Jaime Barrias pitch really well when at a, as a reliever for them. I know he's in the rotation kind of in the rotation right now. I think he is in yep. the rotation, but he made that random relief appearance the other day. Chris Devensky, by the way, 16 to zero strikeout to walk for them. This I year. saw Remember that him? blast from the past. Whenever we, he was a rosterable middle reliever with the Astros a few years ago. Yeah. They just keep on growing those guys. The Astros do. It's yep. kind of amazing. Even Jacob Webb has had some moments <laughs> too. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's not the guys that started the year. Like Jose Cajada is on the yep. long-term IL. Yep, he's done. Uh, now, yep. and Matt Moore was really good, but got hurt. So that's what kind of triggered all of this. I think yep. uh, the other thing uh, from the angel side of things last night was Griffin Canning. Do you see nine strikeouts in six yep. innings? He pitched very well the week before against the Red Sox, shut them down. He might be uh, developing a little bit. I mean, the overall numbers don't look great. 489 ERA, 130 whip, even allowed three runs yesterday. So, you know, it may not be great, but I'm, I'm seeing some development here. Um, and obviously his next start's not going to be great at Houston, but I actually used him in a two-step this week because uh, the White Sox and got the win out of it. So got a little slight reward. We'll see if I get punished this weekend. Yeah, hopefully not. The last, he did face the Astros about three weeks ago, five runs in three and two thirds innings. Hopefully, he can be better than that for you this time. Yeah, going. So he was kind of in my waterfall on Sunday, mm-hmm. like ten dollars, twenty dollars, um, mostly just for the two star week. I didn't get him anywhere. 
before yesterday's start, the results, even the seven shutout innings, it was a five to three strikeout to walk. So right. we wanted a little bit lucky, just Babbitt lucky. And the starts before, again, most of the starts before that are more like three or four strikeouts, two or three walks, N- nothing really to hang your hat on. So yeah, yesterday was a big improvement. It was also the White Sox. We'll see where things go from here. But in 15 team leagues, like I said, I was I was interested in having them. I just I guess I got it. Well, I guess I didn't I didn't fully go back and check all of it. I either got a bit or I got someone, I guess, higher in my waterfall. than. Yeah, I might be kind of wish casting here, too, because it's been really hard to find guys on the on the waiver wire that you can use, especially in 15 team leagues. So um, maybe I'm I'm just uh, hoping for that a little bit there. Uh, Another smashing debut uh, 2023 version, at least, was Royce Lewis. Uh, Royce Lewis crushed it with the three run Homer and another hit later on. He was, he had a great, uh, rehab assignment, uh, at double and triple a before getting activated. Uh, he's playing third base. You're going to get him at short and third in a lot of cases now. Uh, and he's probably going to play on a regular basis. How big are you going to be in on him? Uh, I know we have him. you know, in the NFBC, we haven't been able to bid on him yet. We have to wait till Sunday. Yeah, I, I think he'll go for a pretty substantial bid. I, we're hitting the point, I think, in some leagues where it's how many people left have the funds for a substantial sure. bid. We've had so many pitchers, like Bobby Miller being the latest one on Sunday, who I felt like in all my leagues went for 250 to 350. Um, I got a story about that. I'll tell you in a second here. Okay. And um, anyways, uh, so I just wonder how many teams in the league are going to look at Royce Lewis and say, you know what, I've only got, 380 left and i need it mm-hmm. so i'll put in a keep you honest bit of 100 but that's all i can do or of 80 or that's all i can do so anyway in a lot of leagues i think he will go uh for a decent amount it'll just depend on you know how much do you need offense uh it looks like he's still gonna run you know coming off the knee surgery like he could run before that in the minors he did play 10 games and steal four bases so kind of maybe sending a message out to the organization like i can still steal bases i can be dynamic on the base paths um yeah, I think he's going to go for a fair amount. We saw so Chris Morrell went for I I felt like in a lot of my leagues like uh, like one seventy. Matt McLean, I felt like there was a wide range on him, but I felt like he was generally maybe in the what do you think an average bit of Matt McLean about one hundred and fifty. Yeah, I'd say that's about like right. that. I yeah. thought Morrell was a little higher than McLean. Like, do you think mm-hmm. Royce Lewis breaks that, or do you think he kind of falls in the realm range of those guys? I think he does, but with an asterisk. And James Anderson brought this point up uh, on, on on the XM show today. If Ellie De La Cruz gets the call this yeah. week too, that you might be able to sneak Royce Lewis in a little cheaper than you would have otherwise. And Ellie De La Cruz might get the call this weekend. Reds are in Boston this week, uh, but they come home this weekend to face Milwaukee. And you know, De La Cruz is crushing. The, the Athletic uh, had a feature with uh, Ken Rosenthal talking about how they're going to make everything fit. Cause Jonathan India is kind of the linchpin on this one here. He's not really a good defender at second base, but he doesn't yeah. have the arm for third base. Uh, but he's also the team leader. He's hitting well, blah, blah, blah. They got to figure out how to make everything work at in the minor leagues. He, De La Cruz and McLean were splitting time at shortstop. When McLean was at shortstop, De La Cruz was at third. When De La Cruz was at shortstop, McLean went to second. So they kind of have to figure out, okay, who do we want as our shortstop? Who do we and what does that mean elsewhere? Now, I, I think the likely scenario is that De La Cruz ends up at third base, um, and you'll see McLean stay at short. 
because yeah. they want to keep India at second. I don't think he, they're they're really looking to trade India. I think at least not right now. He's cheap. He's young in his own right. He's only his third year. I don't really see a reason why they would kind of you know get want to get rid of someone like that, especially when the next wave, Marte uh, and other you know Cam Collier, they're they're at least another year away. So I think they've have some time here. Even when Christian Encarnacion Strand comes up, they can they can still put him at DH. Put Spencer Steer uh, at the you know in the outfield possibly too. There's some things they can do. So I think it it's not going to change things, but that might be slowing the LA train down just a little bit. We'll see. Uh, but if Ellie comes up and Lewis comes up, then I think Ellie will be more expensive. Lewis might be more ready now to help you though too. I was going to ask a couple questions about that. If they were both up by Sunday, who would be the top of your bid queue? Dude. I'm a Reds fan. I get. Okay, can you take the Reds fan out? I of can't it? help them. Not with Ellie. <laughs> with anybody else, I could. Not with Ellie. I cannot. I will be very aggressive on other okay. Daily Cruz. Um, I think, but seriously, I would be anyhow. I mean, he he's like top of the prospects list everywhere, including ours. Uh, but you know, Lewis is right there too. I think both yeah. these guys could fetch four hundred dollar plus bids in leagues, and I think at least one main event he'll go for over five hundred because there's someone out there that's held held their money a little bit more. Um, I, I want to tie this all back together with Bob, uh, with Bobby Miller. You brought up Bobby Miller, who crushed it yesterday. Um, Bobby Miller was available in Scarf. He was available in almost all my leagues in Scarf, which is the there's like there's earth leagues. I think I've talked about them with you before, at least yep. a little bit, but there's barf, there's nerf, there's all these, I've got the Southern California ver uh, version and there's a live draft. That's what part of the appeal of this league. Uh, but in that league, it's been very, uh, pretty, pretty aggressive. I had 585 going into the, uh, uh, this past weekend, which was the most available. So everybody had spent at least 40% of their fab, which is actually pretty cool. Yeah. That's a lot. Think about yeah. it. Um, so I'm like, okay, I've got a mini hammer here. I might as well use it as I gotten shut out in the main events and the online championship everywhere else. I had been shut out on Bobby Miller about there's about 10 minutes and they have a two hour lag after all the other NFBC bids go as far as uh, fab bidding goes. So I'm on there with, with Genstad and we're talking about that and like, yeah, 10 minutes left. I think, I think I might go aggressive after Bobby Miller. I hope my league mates aren't listening. Oh, they're not listening. And he goes, and he goes, what do you think you're going to do? And I was like, eh, like 240. And he goes, you better go to 243 now because somebody else is going to bid. <laughs> All right, and I go, or he goes, 242. I think he said, you better go 242 because somebody else will probably bid. And so, so I did move it up. I moved it to 253. Someone did 243. So someone was listening because we said that exact number. Like, amazing. Someone, you, you got to go 243. And someone else did 243. So that was pretty funny. I'm not sure who it was in the league. Uh, they wouldn't, no one's cop to it in our, our group IM chat, but I, you know, I, I've, you know, at least it's nice to know at least one person in the league is listening. So anyhow, it was, I thought it was pretty <laughs> funny and we were able to announce it on air that I had won him. So that's the one league I got Bobby Miller. He looked really good yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. Um, may, maybe the Dodgers pitching magic is back in, in form a little bit, right? Because they haven't really been able, they weren't able to sprinkle it so far on, any of the pitchers that they signed or that they brought up for the minors, but here's one. We'll see where it goes from here, but here's one now. Two starts, two earned runs, two walks. Not a lot of strikeouts, but enough. Nine mm -hmm. and 11 innings is fine. It's like, it's not great, but it's it's a start. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the opponents, I'd say reasonable. At Atlanta, hard. Home to Washington, not hard. Right. But, but not Oakland either. So. Yeah. They yeah. sent down Gavin Stone. They're they're calling up Michael Grove for the next that spot in the rotation next. Yeah, 
Urias didn't throw from the mound on Saturday. They didn't describe it as a setback, but they also, you know, it also makes you feel like they're going to pump the brakes just a little bit. Yep. But well, uh, I, there's an interesting question that I have with Miller um, in relation to Lewis and De La Cruz is like, if you're going to make a $250 bid, a $300 bid, should it be on a pitcher or a hitter? And I know the easy cop-out answer is, well, you got to look at your team and see what you need. Let's say all things are equal. You know, is it easier to this season? Is it easier to stream hitting and get a, and get some full-time players every week versus is it easier to find starting pitching on waivers? Cause like you mentioned with Griffin canning um, it's hard to find starting pitching usable starting pitching on waivers. So you end up doing some wish casting. You end up, Oh, fine. I'll take the White Sox start and I'll absorb the Astros start and see how it goes. And that was even probably desirable. Like, like I said, I didn't get him in any of my leagues and mm-hmm. I put in claims. Um, yeah. I think it's always hard to stream starters though. I've all, I definitely I, I, find it. Yeah. I, I would have to go back. I did find it like over 10 years ago. I felt like a little easier. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, maybe I'm not remembering it well, but I did find it a little easier back then. Maybe it wasn't. Like I said, maybe I'm remembering it better than it really was. But so does that mean that you should bid on the Bobby Millers, that you should be saving your money for another pitching prospect? Um, you know, and that and that as cool as Ellie De La Cruz or as cool as um as Royce Lewis are, that you can work without them better. You know, you can uh, I mean I, I guess it kind of depends on what you've done so far on your team, right? Yeah. Um I, I, I think I know what Matt they right. I know like like I have a team that just would die for for Royce Lewis or and Ellie De La Cruz. Yeah. And, I and mean if you got Matt McLean, you I've probably don't if you if you bought Matt McLean, you probably don't need it as badly. Yeah. Right. But especially, you know, I have a league where I actually don't have a spot for De La Cruz. Uh because yep. so you, do know, I. He, yep. uh, you know, it's an online championship league. Um, I've got Marcus Semyon. I have McLean there. I mean, I guess I it's it's a question, okay, am I gonna bench McLean to pick up De La Cruz? And that feels really uncomfortable. Um, so I mean, that that's the tricky. I part mean, those there. situations do sort themselves out usually, but yeah. uh, but at the same time, it may not. Like if you, like you're if you're going for it, like you may want to. Right, you may. So that is an advantage of Royce Lewis is there's with him being third soon, third and shortstop eligible in a couple weeks. There's more ways to fit him into your lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it should really boil down to just which player you think is going to be better this year, right. because all the other stuff who's in a better lineup who hits in a better spot in the lineup whatever like like one of these players will probably play a lot better than the other one yeah and this isn't just a prospect it's the prospect yeah i think that's the other difference too yeah and Um, then i will also say that them like when i was talking about bobby miller uh, there aren't that many more pitchers to save your money for I'd agree right. with that. Gavin Williams is probably it, but you don't know when he's going to yeah. get the call. And I feel like he's never getting the call. Right. Like, Cause they're, they're getting uh, Tristan McKenzie back. They're getting uh Savali back is coming on Friday. Right. Um, so it's, it would take like three spots really to open up. I mean, it, it would definitely take another injury cause they already have, I yeah. mean, they're, they're going to move down, uh, you know, they, they can, I guess they could go six man with Cleveland, but they've never shown a proclivity no. to do so. So I, I it seems like I'd be, I, it's hard to be patient for him, uh, for sure. I mean, it, other, I mean, the one Uncle Ted asked, uh, do you think Emmett she- uh, Sheehan or Ben Brown are coming? Uh, I mean, sure, Sheehan, but Sheehan's in double A, so I think it might be a while still with him. I mean, and that's the thing with double A pitchers. I mean, you could go straight to the majors, skip triple A, 
It doesn't seem what the Dodgers usually do, though. No. Um, and then Ben Brown, I, I mean, maybe. Uh, you know, but again, the Cubs actually have a decent enough rotation. Uh, it would take a trade and or injury. Now, a trade may be happening with the Cubs. Uh, they're, they're, you know, Ken Rosenthal was talking about them possibly tearing down a little bit uh, after they get got swept by uh, our Reds over the weekend. Uh, yeah, but I, I think it's still premature for that, too. I think you're going to need the whole month of June before you start seeing that. And, you know, injuries obviously change everything, but I, I don't think that you're going to push Ben Brown. I think it's another month. Yeah. But, and the Cubs stink. Like, I, I kind of think the Cubs stink. Like, they even got off to a decent start, like, say, the first 10 games or so. And since then, and now they're 23 and 30. Um, I don't think they stink, stink. Okay. You I just think wanted, they're just, just saying that because they're one game behind the Reds. No, I, I'm saying I actually. Do the no, Reds I'm, stink? Well, yes, they stink. But okay, um, well, I also said stink. this though. But you know, keep in mind, I like being right from the beginning of the season. I thought they'd do better than the Brewers. I just thought that they had a decent, decent team. I mean, I don't know. I mean, remember this is they just got Kyle Hendricks back. They got to work him back in. I have no interest in Hendricks, by the way. I used to be the Kyle Hendricks stand. Now I'm just gonna. I'm rooting for him to do well, but I won't be doing it on my roster. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, the other question uh, that I wanted to a- answer real quick uh, before we get to uh, the next segment, uh, when we were talking about De La Cruz's, how early in the week would he have to be called up to be eligible in the NFBC? Basically Saturday. Saturday. Um, if he if he calls up Saturday and, and plays. Uh, then uh, you know he's eligible Sunday. If he gets called up on Sunday, he won't be eligible. Um, so basically, I think he has to play also for him to be eligible. I have to double check on that, but yeah. Um, but going back to Cubs Reds talk, I mean that whole division's got a shot. The division stinks. Yep. Everybody stinks. Uh, it, it might be the worst NL Central in a while because even the best team, the Brewers, is what two games over five hundred, uh, and they, and they don't look like they're set. They look like a team that could be pretty, uh, pretty shaky. Yep. Oh yeah, I did see. A, I see a comment here in the chat from the Heart Foundation saying that they they have a shot. It's long season. Oh, oh yeah, they do have a shot. And and I'm saying they stink. I'm saying both. Yes. Things. So the team that wins that division might stink. I don't think that. I do think that some team, whether it's the Cardinals, catch fire at some point, go on a bit of a run. Whether it's the Brewers, kind of get their act together, are a little better than they are right now. I think I don't think they'll be good, but be better than stinks. But yeah, that's a division where you could stink and and win the division, or at least be in the race after Labor Day. Both central division teams stink. I mean, central both central divisions stink, yeah. um, and it's like this all the time. I mean, like it's yeah, it's it's like they've all collectively decided, okay, well, you know, with six six playoff spots, we're going to get at least one team in and. You know, we'll be like that one. We could get that one. You know, the Reds tried trying for a little bit and they decided it didn't suit their suit their purposes. So they're back to being cheap asses. But at least they had a plan to stock their farm system. Well, I mean, I, I prefer that than, say, the Rockies, who I don't know what their plan is, um, I, you know, or I mean, I, I thought the Cubs were trying this year. Yeah, me Maybe too. not, but we'll yep. see. I mean, I, I mean, they didn't the, the Cubs did get a bunch of middling. Guys, that that is the one thing. They have a team full of third starters. Yep. Um, and you know, although Stroman, you know, Marcus Stroman's like, hello, I threw a one hit shutout yesterday. I mean, don't call me a third tier. Okay, he's better than that. And he but he also doesn't want to get traded, which I think is interesting too. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he looks at how bad the division is and he's like, Oh, we wouldn't have to get that much better, guys. Yeah. For us to for us to climb back into this race or even be in it next year or whatever. It's also not like like the Reds will eventually be good again, probably. 
with all these prospects, but it's not, it, it probably got to be, be able to pitch this year though. and it may not even be next year. Yeah. I mean, Lodolo's right? got to get healthy again and be good again. Yeah. Uh, Ashcraft's kind of, you know, yeah, had a rough sure May after a good going. April. Yeah. Uh, they've got Andrew Abbott. They've got another kid, uh, names escaping me right now, but, uh, that James, James kind of likes in his prospect rankings. Um, I will pull his name up momentarily and I'll tell you who that kid is because I don't want, want to be that another kid. Uh, Connor Phillips is the other uh, pitching prospect that's of note, but I mean, this is a team full of middle infield prospects, Carlos Jorge, Cam Collier. I mean, they, they've got Edwin Arroyo's probably uh, he's a middling prospect, but point is they've got prospects. They've got 15 in James's top 400. That's pretty good. Yep. For sure. And then they're going to be good someday it just may not be next year we could go through a time where you know they start coming up this year they keep coming up next year but there's growing pains blah 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 and then they eventually you know get it figured out but i don't know hey maybe there's a scenario here where the reds hang around in the race and de la cruz comes up and just they they hang around because they play they have a 450 winning percentage and no one else in the division is much better how many times do we see it? The young teams uh, get more competitive before you think they're going to be competitive, but uh, we'll see. Dude, your Jays are down 2 nothing already. Uh, William Contreras just homered off of uh, Yusei Kikuchi. The bloom is a little bit off that, Rose. Yeah, I have Yusei Kikuchi in the Tout Wars draft and hold, and I have stopped using him. I used him a little bit at the beginning of the season, and then I think I got burned. Yeah, he hasn't... I- I came this yeah. close to using Kikuchi tonight in the Tout Wars DFS contest because okay. Brewers on the road against the lefty has been a formula. Yeah. And I just couldn't do it. He's just been so meh lately. Yeah. It's just so scary. So many home runs. Like yep. that's 14 home runs going into tonight's game. There's 15, I think, leading the, I think 16 leads the majors to put that in perspective. So, um, yeah, he's the Blue Jays pitching has been. I don't want to make this a Blue Jays podcast, but the Blue Jays pitching this year is just so up and down. Come on, make it a Blue Jays podcast. I just made it Reds cast for the last 10 <laughs> minutes, so we can do that. Uh, actually, some of the Blue Jays, like Barrios has an ERA in the threes. Bassett has an ERA in the threes. But mm-hmm. but I feel like those pitchers have both had some stinkers. And then just know, recently with Bassett. Yeah, recently with Bassett. And then I like Bassett. By the way, I have never cheered for a team with Chris Bassett on it, obviously, before. I like the guy. See, Good. Stand, stand-up guy. I like him in the media. Everybody likes those guys who pitch better than their stuff indicates. Yeah. Right. Mark Burley was maybe the ultimate one of them. Yep. He was on the Blue Jays for a while. Like just so Kyle Hendricks. To, yeah. Right. Exactly. It's so easy to cheer for a guy with a fastball in the 80s. Right. And <laughs> Marco Estrada was like that, you know, and Bassett's, and Bassett's kind of like that where he's not overpowering, but he's a lot of pitches and he finds a way and he seems like he's really thinking and battling. Those guys are fun to cheer for. Stroman and, you know, was kind of like that too. Right? Yep, I mean, he was, he was. Days. Oh, and, Stroman was super fun to cheer for. And then he kind of turned people off by just being maybe like just a little too much. Like sometimes a little too big of a chip on his shoulder sometimes and maybe pick fights where he didn't need to pick them. But, but there was a time where, Strowman was wildly popular here in Toronto. It's just like, the, like he's the plucky underdog, right? Yep. He's, he, although, and he went to Duke. Me, I yeah, was going to say, smart guy. It's hard yeah. to be that much of an underdog when you went to Duke and you were drafted actually pretty high in the MLB draft. So he's not totally an underdog, but I get it just based on his height. Um, he was an underdog and he marketed himself that way and he was really popular. But then he did kind of, like I said, there were times where he was abrasive where it didn't seem necessary to be abrasive and it kind of, like he just kind of wore people out. See, I just thought of him as smart. Um, and I, I always cheer for the smart guys. I don't right. know. Um, right. So I liked him too. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I was happy to see his outing yesterday. It was yeah. it, he, he was fun to watch yesterday. Um, in that game, by the way, uh, uh, Taj Bradley also pitched pretty well. Yeah, really well. Le- unlucky loser in that one there. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I like seeing him a little bit. All right, got to take care of some business. Uh, first, we're on the Blue Wire Network. Here are their ads. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. All right. Uh, also, I uh, want to share on a quick uh, commercial note with our friends over at Rival Fantasy. Uh, a new MLB season means it's time for a new kind of daily fantasy baseball. 
Rival Fantasy is the fantasy platform reinventing the way daily and weekly games are played, and they brought new games to the ballpark this year that fantasy players won't find anywhere else. Rival Fantasy's games include Fantasy Bingo, Head-to-Head Player Challenges, and Fantasy Book, where users can select over-unders for two to five players. With games like this, daily fantasy has never been better. Right now, RotoWire listeners can get a $50 protected first play. That means if you win your first play, you keep your winnings, obviously. But if you lose your first entry, Rival Fantasy will fully refund you up to 50 bucks. Go to play.rivalfantasy.com slash sign up and use code RotoWireMLB at sign up and deposit a minimum of $25 to get your first entry on Rival, protected up to $50. Now's the time to step up to the plate and become a rival today. Welcome to the arena. Gotta tell you guys, uh, when you're doing the, you know, whether it's gaming or any sort of like fantasy adjunct type of contest here like that, these first time sign up bonuses are hugely important. Uh, our, our parent company, uh, gambling.com, they, they, they specialize in helping you find those sort of things. We always have like some ads on the site to find that, but it's really the best way to kind of increases your edge versus the uh, vendor, whether it's a book or otherwise. Uh, so make sure you check that out if you're into doing that a little bit. Um, okay. Let's talk about a couple other things here. Uh, another debut, another smashing debut. Patrick Bailey yesterday. You know, not Philip Bailey. He's not an easy lover, but he's an easy homer. Uh, Patrick Bailey, are we into him with the Giants at all? Um, maybe, maybe by default, not as like not like this, not hitting three fifty five within a one thousand OPS, but maybe as a two catcher league, Giants haven't really been able to land on a catcher. I feel like this year, like Joey Bart's mm-hmm. been hurt. Um, they've had Blake Sable. Blake Sable kind of got some homers, a couple steals early in the season, but he hasn't done anything for a while. Um. I, I don't I don't know if if Bailey's going to be much, but I mean he was hitting 276 in the minors. He's not uh, he's not a good hitter. Or he wasn't a good hitter in the minors, but he's still pretty young. And catchers do develop, right? Do develop their often develop their hitting acumen a little later. He's only 20. He's only 24. I don't right. know. I picked Bailey up for two dollars in an NFBC league. So did I, I. Where I had Sable as the catcher, mm-hmm. as my my second catcher. I was like, well, I'll try Bailey. Sable's not really doing much. Um, I beat and I beat out a bid. I I won him two to one over someone, and and in a thousand dollar Fab League, that's pretty pretty rare. So Shu and I uh, have him on the worst team, worst live Vegas okay. team ever drafted. Yeah. Um, I need to you know get a trademark to that. Something one went there. right but, with that team. Uh yeah. Uh, well, the funny thing is, we dropped Ryan Jeffers for him, and Jeffers homered yesterday. He homered too. last night too. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I I'm, I'm looking at uh, Bailey deeper, so. It was a first round draft pick in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. The Giants like spending first round draft picks on catchers, apparently. That's their thing. There Joey Bart, yeah. obviously Buster Posey. They're just trying to find the next one of these guys. They always draft ACC catchers in the first round, too. Bailey went to NC State. Uh, I know Bart went to Georgia Tech, and first I think tech, yeah. uh, Posey yeah. went to Florida State. So they, they, they have their niche. That's what they like. I don't know if they have a travel budget to other conferences. They should look into that. But, um, Bailey, uh, you know, didn't really, I mean, last, uh, at double a Richmond, he was hitting well, but he did it at age 24 also, you know, it's like, okay, it's time for him to start doing well at that level. Yeah. Uh, even in the big leagues here, he's played in nine games, seven K's one walk kind of think that there's probably a reckoning coming. Uh, but at the same time, what's Joey Bart ever done to kind of earn this job? I, I was going to say, do you think Joey Bart is just done? being a thing with the giants like is this i don't know we'll see but this is just another he's been hurt 
he's on the IL for the second time this year. Um, it's just a lousy start to the season for him. He's got a 581 OPS. Uh, he he has not had a season in, in the yet in the majors with an OPS of 700. Uh, yeah, it just it, his strikeout to walk rate's terrible every year. I don't That's... know. I wonder if Joey Bart's just not gonna turn out. Yeah, the thing is, he did have 11 homers last year in 97 games. So you're kind of like, okay, I could take a 15 homer season from him and sacrifice some average, right? This year, zero homers, of course. He, has, um, he not only has 11 homers this year, he has 11 homers now in his career. All last year, yeah. 158 career games, 11 homers. So before his, well, between his injuries, he had a 25% K rate. It was 38 and a half last year. So yeah. you're looking for some so semblance of yeah. glimmer of hope. That's it. But not really, even then. Uh, line drive percentage is way down, 14.5%. So he's making more contact, but worse contact. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think I like that trade-off. I'm, I mean, if I thought there was any real future in Patrick Bailey, I would have been more than two dollars out of a thousand for him. Yeah, I just, I just feel like, why not? If you're if your second catcher is Ryan Jeffers or Blake Sable, like why not try Bailey? I'll try him here for a week. He, he might have already done enough last night to get another week out of me to get to, yeah. to stay. But I'll try him for a couple weeks until I see what's going on with him and keep looking on the waiver wire. I think that's where he's at right now. It's been a wonderful life for Bailey, but I don't know if yeah. we'll uh, move nice. on there. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Sorry. I'll be here all the week. Out of uh, season. That one's out of season, but we'll take it. Yeah. Uh, let, let's talk. Uh, we talked twins already a little bit there. How about the Cardinals? The Cardinals yesterday, they, they went all the way to the eighth inning for having their first base runner on a day where the Royals, who are the Royals, mm-hmm. were doing a bullpen start and started with Josh Stalmont and then Mike Myers, uh, their former uh, their former pitcher, shut them down, had six perfect innings until finally gave up hits in the eighth inning. Uh, ridiculously bad day for the Cardinals. Yeah, absolutely. It, does it mean that there's anything in Mike Myers, Myers, sorry, Mike Myers, the kind of spelled Myers, is there anything in Mike Myers that – that you think is, is, is noteworthy in fantasy. I don't think so. Um, I think this was just, I, I kept on hearing the Cardinals broadcaster say, this is our 18th game in 18 days, blah, blah, blah. Boo hoo. your baseball players, first of all. But secondly, um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, no, as far as Myers goes, and I think it is Myers, but I have to double check on that. Uh, I thought that's what they were saying during the broadcast yesterday. Uh, I, no, I, I, no. I think he's just a journeyman. Uh, that ha- is on a heater right now. I mean, he his numbers are good this year: one thirty-five ERA, one thirteen WHIP. But six of the he had he has thirteen innings pitched this year, and six of them were yesterday. Yeah, I, I think like I think just yesterday everything found a glove. He only got three strikeouts yesterday. He did in his previous performance. He did get eight in four and two thirds against the Tigers. Yeah, um, yeah I, I'm with you. He's a journeyman who's kind of hot slash maybe just everything found a glove yesterday against the Cardinals. I think it was just a bad luck day for the Cardinals against a team that's that typically, you know, can't make you have a bad luck day. Yeah. yeah I'm not reading too much into it. Paul DeYoung on the Cardinals, I think has turned back into a pumpkin. Yep. Uh, yeah. Heart foundation was mentioning that. Yes. Yeah. So he kind of got the Cardinal devil magic, but it was only yeah. temporary magic. Um, and yeah. you know, he, he's like on an O for 20 streak or something like that. Uh, it, it's bad. 
Um, he probably know, used some of his car- Cardinal Devil magic in previous seasons. Yeah, in the last week, he's one for 21. Um, so that's not great. Even over the last 21 days. Keep in mind, he has six homers in the last 21 days. Even with that, he's hitting 194 over that period of time. So I, I was kicking myself. We The worst team ever drafted dropped him. And then he went on that tear that one week. But at least I didn't pick him back up again. Yes. And yes. And compound the mistake. I, there's not much. Yeah. There's not much good going on with him lately. Nolan Arenado has kind of gone back into a slump. Like he kind of, mm-hmm. he was bad. Then he broke out of it. He hasn't been good in the last week or two. So he's it's hard gone, to keep, keep hot streaks going. Right. I mean, it's hard, yeah. hard to, I mean, the slumps seem to last forever and the hot streaks don't, but yeah. it's really not true. Um, yeah. His last week, he's three for 18. Yeah. No homers. One one RBI, no runs. Yeah, um, yeah. So he's in. He's on kind of a slump. Tommy Edmond hasn't done much in the past past little bit. Um, yeah, it's kind of Paul Goldschmidt, and that's about it right now. Yeah, Lars Newbar's been okay, but he's day to day right now. I'm yeah, he got hurt yesterday. Yeah. Back injury, I think it was going back on a fly ball, and that was tough. That, that hurt. Um, did not like that at all. Um, so yeah, that, that, that was super frustrating as well. If only um, this team had like an elite prospect ready to come right? majors who might be able to spark their, their team. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. Maybe like if maybe they should comb the minors and see if there's a guy. Just dig deep. Maybe dig deep a 21 year old if, six, yeah. six has got a little bit of getting his feet wet in the majors and actually didn't embarrass himself. Yeah, and apparently uh, Jordan Walker has made some positive adjustments too. Yeah. So uh, we're we're looking to see, uh, you know, maybe we'll get him called back up soon. Of course, Ollie Marmel may not even commit to playing him. That's that's the problem yeah. uh, that we always have to worry yeah. about. Yeah, I, I uh, yeah, I'm being a little sarcastic in the sense that like I do think I do think Walker will be up again at some point, and I, and I do think the fact that the Cardinals aren't hitting well probably does help his cause. Marmel aside, I know I know he's your pet peeve. Um, but like at some point, if the team's just not playing well, you know, that probably does increase the chances that they bring Walker up to try to spark them. I mean, I should be that. happy about this, right? I'm a Reds Absolutely. fan. Absolutely. Like, this increases the chance that your Reds are going to win the division. Yeah. LA Dilla Cruz hitting a game winning homer in game 162 and they go into the playoffs. Andrew Abbott closing it out, getting you know, yeah. something like that. Yeah. There you go. That, that yeah. would be beauty. Yeah. By the way, um, I was right on one part about the this Jays uh, Brewers game. Jays are already up three to two in the bottom of the first in this game now. Uh, so, for just the second that, consecutive episode, we've established the fact that your TV is about twenty seconds ahead of mine. Sorry, sorry for the spoiler, uh, but I'm <laughs> it's, sure it's, it's a happy two. spoiler. It's two to two up here in Canada. Whit Merrifield just, I just the, saw the ground a, ball uh, down the third baseline. Yeah. That is the most Whit Merrifield hit ever. It uh, is. Too. That is. Perfectly yeah, placed hard very, ground ball. He's been very Merrifield since joining the Blue Jays. And that is yeah, not yeah. a compliment or an insult. Nope. It's just he is. Yep. He is. He's hitting, he's hitting 285 with not a great walk rate, 713 OPS. That is so Whit Merrifield. Yeah, it is. Yep. Some steals. Yeah. He's, he's fine. So riddle me this. Um, Phillies, they're, they're kind of struggling, yep. right? Um, yep. They're 26 and 28, 25 and 28. Yeah, maybe a little hangover. Uh, from the World Series. The Mets are kind of struggling, 27-27. Pretty big series, right? Why is Bryce Harper out of the lineup today? Yeah, that's a. am assuming that's a planned day off and that maybe they have a rigid schedule for Bryce that they're not willing to move off of 
in May on May 30th, regardless of the opponent, I guess. I mean, they, they had an off day yesterday. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're wow. right. But wow. is, was that the plan to give him kind of like a, you know, it is like, that our note says it's a Thompson plan day of physical and mental rest for Harper. Yeah. I so mean, maybe like, this one was set in stone, like, like previously where it was like, we're going to give him like, like his own weekend yeah. kind of thing. So that's what Rob Thompson said. He's Canadian. Canadians don't lie. So this is, <laughs> so this is, so everything he said is exactly whether you agree with it or not, it is exactly what they're planning. Yeah. Uh, maybe he'll get into tonight's game. I don't know. Maybe. Right. If you're, maybe. yeah, I don't know. Big maybe. moment, need a pinch hit. You know, they're, yeah. they're, they're trailing by one run or they're tied late. Maybe that, that could be it. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, the fact that Harper's even back now is is pretty miraculous. The fact that he made it back so quickly. So, uh, yeah, like I said, I guess I guess this is just part of the plan. He was 0 for 10. He was on an 0 for 10 streak before he yeah. got this okay. two-day break. So maybe they seem, I don't know, maybe they think that, that he needs this break. Yeah, 0 for uh, Atlanta, huh? Maybe if they're going to, yeah, exactly. If no, no, that's not true. Breaks, There's a four-game series, sorry. Maybe give Trey Turner a break if they're going to give guys breaks and see if it can fix them. Yeah, Since I mean, he's been not yeah. very good. Yeah, I don't know. He, he was basically booing himself the other day, saying, I stink. They should boo me. I've been terrible. <laughs> boo, so, he says. Yeah, boo. yeah, boo to myself. You <laughs> know who shouldn't be booed is Francisco Alvarez. A comment in the chat yeah. saw that, sparked that. Uh, yeah. He's batting second now. He's up to eight homers. Dude, he's 21 years old. He'll be, he won't turn 22 until November. He's already uh, slugging 558. You know, if you spent the big fab money on Francisco Alvarez, you're pretty happy about that. You you waited the appropriate amount of time to get his catcher eligibility, and he saved most of his production for once he did get eligible at catcher too. Yeah, fun fun fact. Well, I'll, I'll go fun question to reveal the fun fact. How many catcher eligible players have more homers than Francisco Alvarez? Uh, I'll I'll I don't know, but I'll say like two. Yeah, two. Who are they? Two. Um, Sal Perez. Okay. And Sean Murphy. Yeah, makes sense. 12 and 11, respectively. There's also Barsho, Rutschman, Cal Rally, who are tied with them. Yeah. At eight. Uh, yeah. And, you know, and the thing is, we're seeing like this, the Mets, they're, they're figuring out the, uh, the concept of sunk costs. And, you know, you're going to see more of Vientos. You're going to see more of, uh, you know, Beatty. And, you know, they're, they're not going to be perfect. They're going to struggle here and there yeah. uh, a little bit there. Uh, it, we'll see that today there's a lefty on the mound for the Phillies. So no Beatty in the lineup there, but mm-hmm. Vientos is batting fifth. Now Vientos hasn't done anything yet. He's had that one homer on the first day. Yeah. He got called up. He did not have a, you know, so he had a smashing debut and nothing since really. Yeah. Uh, and he's only played eight games. It, you're going to wait a while for him uh, to get eligible yeah. at a position. And that, that just chills my interest. I got him in a keeper league where I could activate him, but I'm not because he's just not playing enough. And he doesn't have the position eligibility. Only uh, two games at third and one at first. Most everywhere else has been DH for him. Yeah, and and Beatty also has been pretty underwhelming. Like we talked about him when he first came up, and how I had really wisely picked him up the week before he came up, and I was so smart. Well, I don't know if I was smart or not because he hasn't really done much. He's got four homers and no steals, sitting two forty six, seven and OPS. Like he's not embarrassing himself, but he's certainly not sparking their lineup at all. Alvarez right. now looks like the wave rate, at least with, especially with the catcher eligibility. 
looks like a much more valuable player to have for the rest of the season. We'll see where it goes from here. I mean, Alvarez also took great advantage of the course field by hitting two homers when they were there. Yeah. Over the weekend, it kind of boosts his total. But anyways, uh, yeah, Beatty has also been pretty underwhelming. The, I, th- I think the Mets are going to figure it out and make the playoffs. Like I, feel I agree. Not like a hundred percent on that, but I just think I think Verlander will have a good stretch. I think Scherzer like a dominant stretch. I think Scherzer will have a dominant stretch. I think the line. I think there. I think there's enough talent in that lineup that they'll get it together. And I don't know if they'll ever have a stretch where they're just, you know, hitting like crazy. But it, I think just there's a lot of established veterans in that lineup who haven't really played as well as they can. Agreed. Definitely Most of them pitchers, play. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and they did get exceedingly unlucky. Verlander got hurt on opening, uh, went yeah. on the IL on opening day. Scherzer's yeah. missed some time. Carrasco's been on the IL. Yeah. Obviously, uh, Edwin Diaz is a is a bad injury, a bad, really, really bad break. Jose Quintana dev- never made it to the opening bell. Um, you know this. You know, yeah. Granted, it's Jose, and Quintana, we'll be back but... at some point. And typically, is a pretty solid, you know, mid threes, low fours ERA type guy who's useful for a major league team. Like Quintana mm-hmm. will be back. Yeah, um, they got a little. I mean, they were forced to do the right thing with Alvarez. If if mm-hmm. Omar Navias doesn't get hurt and significantly hurt, do we even yep. see Alvarez up by nope. now? No, nope, um, probably not. Yeah, that. And then Nito got hurt for a while too, so they really were forced to just let Alvarez play and get some rhythm, uh, as opposed to being like a platoon bat or something of some sort. So that also kind of like they they that's actually a good break that they caught. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, where circumstances force you to promote the prospects, and then you're like, hey, we were so smart to promote that prospect. Um, uh, question about another Met, uh, Ronnie Mauricio. Uh, does he have the tools to be as productive as Ellie or Royce Lewis? I don't think so. Um, in fact, if you look at uh, like our prospect rankings, he's, he's actually climbed up. Uh, he's 35th in the rankings. But here's the thing. Uh, Mauricio, the, the, you know, first of all, where is he going to play, right? Uh, that that that's a big aspect they've got this guy named Lindor who's going to be there for a while at short um second base they've usually got McNeil although sometimes they force McNeil in the outfield uh that would be the thing if they they put if they call Mauricio up he plays second base and McNeil goes the outfield full time I don't know if you want that yeah I I don't think yeah I'm with you I think I don't think he's as much yeah on my radar at least for this season yeah, you know, to make a big to make a big fantasy, impact. and he's not the same type of hitter either, for that matter. He, he, right. I think he's his his values is the speed, right? That's uh, right. He is having a good year this year, but I don't think he's yeah, maybe quite on like the De La Cruz level. He did have twenty six homers last year. Maybe yeah. I'm selling him a yeah. little. No, short. he's he's good. He's a good prospect for sure. But those twenty six homers came with a two ninety six on base percentage. That's true. That's true. That's pretty like career minors is three ten. Like that is a a bad on base percentage for a really good prospect in his minor league career. Yep. Indeed. Yeah. So, alrighty. Um, that enough on the Phillies and the Mets that's zero zero right now. Uh, if you are tuning in while listening to us, I appreciate that. But uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of good stuff going on. Uh, who did we miss? Oh, the tigers tigers. Uh, Edwin, Edward, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez just went on the IL. Uh, and this looks like a pretty bad one here too. It's a, uh, Holy rupture to his index finger. And the, I, I didn't get a chance to read the full article, but they said it's could, could miss some significant amount of time. He would have been one of the few guys on the, on the possibly on the trade market that would have been of some interest. This obviously kind of kills that, at least in the short term, you know, it was, it was such a good story this season. This is obviously negative. Yeah. This just Eduardo Rodriguez feels kind of like a guy who just 
can't catch a break. Yeah. I just feel like, like just when things start going his way, like they just, yeah, he just like, that's what I'm saying. He just can't catch a break. Like 2020, he missed that whole shortened season. Remember he got sick and, and couldn't like, he had the heart condition after that. Like, mm-hmm. said he had COVID and they got the heart condition after that and he didn't pitch at all. And then, back the next year and was like, eh, like, okay, he couldn't, that was the year he couldn't match like his expected stats. He had a 474 ERA, but like a great strikeout rate and a good FIP. And he just couldn't, it seemed like he was getting unlucky. And then he went to the Tigers and people were like, well, he got unlucky last year. Like this year he's on a, in an easier park to pitch in and he's going to get luckier, you know, by default and everything will be fine. And then he had the problems in his personal life last year and he only made 17 starts. And then this year he starts off amazing. And for fantasy managers who picked him up or drafted him, I was like, Hey, good on you. Like I didn't go back in that. Well, I, I was in that well last year. I did not go back in that well this year. And right. I was like, well, I missed out this. I should have, I should have gone back for more. I um, have him in one place where he's been a very pleasant surprise and yeah. that does hurt. Um, it does hurt because yeah. if he's out for a long time, yeah. Do you hold him? If he's going to be out a couple months, I don't think you do. Two months, no. One month, yes. Yeah, that's how I kind of feel too. Like if we're if it's two plus months, like this is just he was pitching really well to start this year, but this is a guy with a career ERA of four point zero two. Yeah, like I don't think you can hold him for two plus months. Right. Uh, yeah. Nathan Avaldi has been another one of those pleasant surprises. Oh, Pitched absolutely. well yesterday. Um, don't have a whole lot of him, unfortunately. Ah, this is his. He's had other really. He's had other good years and good stretches and everything, but this one so far is probably his best stretch. This is the lowest, say it would be the lowest fifth of his career. Um, yeah, he's, but he's always, I, I don't know. I feel like Eovaldi always, if you're like an analytics person, like has always been a pitcher who seems a little bit better than his ERA usually indicates. Um, yeah. He's off to a really good start. Maybe it's good to be out of Fenway. I do feel like things are breaking right for other than DeGrom. Things are breaking right for the Rangers right now. And I mm-hmm. actually have a trade article coming out tomorrow where I talk about that. Maybe some of their players are a little over their skis right now as far as fantasy production. Just like everything, their team BABIP is second in baseball. By the way, do you want to guess which team's ahead of them in BABIP? Uh, And I asked you, I'll give you a hint. I asked you for a reason. I guess it's the Reds. It is the Reds. They lead the majors <laughs> in Babbitt. So Well, they're averaging four and a half runs despite being a bottom power team. So that makes yeah. sense. So um, anyway, so so things have broken pretty well for the Rangers uh, yes, so have. far this year. Uh, so I wonder if they're a little over their skis. And a few of their players are maybe are going to have some regression. But I don't, I'm not saying they're going to bottom out. Just some regression. But anyways, yeah, guys like Evaldi, John Gray, they've been getting a lot of really good pitching. And then their lineup has scored a ton of runs. Yeah, and when you look at the advanced stats, they don't totally look like a lineup that should have as many runs as they do. They should be good, but not this good. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. Uh, one other thing is talking about the trade market. You know, I'll give you a you know, plug to your other employer, Yahoo. Uh, okay. I love like on, on their leagues. You can go if you if you got a league with uh, on Yahoo, you can look up the trade market and see yeah. who's been traded. So, Avaldi, a straight up trade uh, tonight starter for the Twins, Joe Ryan versus Nathan Avaldi. Who who do you got for the rest of the season? Um, Joe Ryan. Yeah, uh, I think so too. There's because... just been enough history there with Evaldi with either injuries yeah. or inconsistencies. I think I'll just take door number two. Since door number two is also a very attractive door, I'll take door number two. 
Yeah. Well, here, that, here's that's, not even a sell, that's not even like a sell high. Well, it's a sell high in Evaldi. Sorry, I was going to say, like, you're not even giving up this year's production to trade him for Joe Ryan. Yeah. So yeah. Here, here, here's uh, with Evaldi, he's got a contract clause. If he, if he gets a combined 300 innings this year and next, he gets another year guaranteed on his contract. Yeah. He has not had a, a, a two year stretch where he's combined for over 300 innings since 2014 15. Uh, any, two given year consecutive years after that he has not reached that level came close in 21 to 22 where he went uh, 182 and 21 and 22 he did 109 now of course 2020 not his fault he made nine starts yeah. 48 innings and he was and then you know so can't really say that it's his fault but the point is he's had these issues yeah for sure so trading him for joe ryan like i said like i don't even think you're losing out on talent and then you're also getting rid of some potentially getting rid of some instability not that we know that joe ryan's gonna be super stable but for sure he doesn't have the that, that checkered track record for sure and yeah. maybe a little more likely to be a true breakout pitcher he's a lot younger yeah um question out there uh from jolt asks would you trade bichette for ellie in a dynasty league uh ellie daily cruz in a dynasty league uh i agree with mj who says no way i say no way also i mean Ellie Dale Cruz could ultimately be up, be better, but you might also be like where you're hoping that's what you get. Right. I, I also think that's a possibility also. So I'm kind of like, you've got it in hand. You know what you have in Bichette. Why trade that away? Yeah. I think there'd have to be like, maybe if there were like salaries involved or something like that, sure. like depending on how, like if there was more information there on how long you can keep Bichette for, or like I say, salaries or something like that, but just straight up, like, like Bichette's only four years older than De La Cruz. Mm -hmm. like, like you need De La exactly. Cruz to ascend to basically being like a first round caliber player to make that a fair trade. I guess uh, I'll, ta I'll tamp it down just a little. I won't say no way, but I say I would not do that. Yeah, I, I, the one thing on Bichette, and I have Bichette on a, a, a team that's important to me this year, and obviously hitting-wise, he's doing great. Uh, he is not stealing bases. He has two. Uh, five attempts, two. And he stunk at stealing bases last year. Like, he was 13 for 21. This year, he's two for five. It's a little concerning uh, mm -hmm. where he hits in the lineup. Like, if he can't steal effectively, we're right with Guerrero right behind him, like, he's not. then he's not going to steal. Um, I was hoping for 20 steals for him this year, and I don't think I'm going to get anything close. And I, that is that is a factor. And he's playing great, but that is a factor in his fantasy production. When De La Cruz comes up, you're probably going to get steals for a few years. We talked about Bichette and his stealing last year because, yep. if you recall, sprint speed was not that yep. that great, yep. uh, especially for the position, and especially for like the home to first, which we often use as a proxy for ability to uh, steal bases. It's it's usually the best measure of sprint speed. And the fact is he was not that, that fancy on that. Uh, and his sprint speed is actually down this year from last year. It was 27 and a half feet per second last year, 26.8 this year. So position rank was 38th last year. It's now 40th this year. So yeah, the speed is declining. It's, it's unlikely to get better by the way. He usually does. <laughs> no, it usually does not. I, I'm no, I, you know, call me ageist. I am, uh, and I'm no sprint specialist. But I, I usually these guys don't improve when they as they get older. So uh, yeah, you, that maybe I'm talking myself into thinking that this is more of a legitimate question. Yeah. So 
like I said, I the way I can see it is your team isn't good in a dynasty league. You're mm-hmm. rebuilding, so you give up Bichette and you go younger. But again, you're projecting that De La Cruz will be awesome in the majors, which he might be, but he's certainly not. He's not. I think I would want more than De La Cruz. I'd want if I was rebuilding. I'd want because that's the reason you would make this trade is you don't have a chance for the next couple of years. Yeah. So I would want probably more than De La Cruz. I'd want De La Cruz and another player who maybe I could flip for a prospect or De La Cruz and another prospect or something. Which will probably end the discussion, by the way. Because I guarantee yeah. you the holder of De La Cruz is like, you know, uh, you know, that's the only thing I'm going to trade him for. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I mean, that's if, if you have De La Cruz and you can win your Dynasty League this year, trading him for Boba is pretty good trade. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, I, guess, again, I mean, I and I would do that if I'm if I'm in, in contention for sure, yeah. uh, without a doubt. But at the same time, yeah. just saying, there is the the holder's bias, and I know there's another word for it, but where you have you possess this awesome prospect, ranked number one in everybody's prospect rankings, it's hard to pry that from your cold dead hands. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. So there you go. We said this offer is ridiculous, and then we came around to the part where eh, I would I would still not do it. But yeah, yeah, I think I think that's where I'm at, too. But if I was yeah, if I was in a dynasty and I was out of it and I wanted to trade trade Bichette. Yeah. De La Cruz is the type of guy I'd be looking at, but I'd want more. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll change it another way. Would you accept Trey Turner, who's slumping right now for De La Cruz? In a dynasty where I'm out of it? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we'll, or I'm out of the race. Um, same, same, same principle really applies. Ma- it doesn't really matter that he's slumping. It's more like at 29, do I think Trey Turner is going to have a, a several more really good years? And I do. I, I'm going to say same stance as I have on Bichette. Okay, all yeah. right, because he was, was even drafted before Bichette, but you know he is also three years from yeah. now might not be. You know, yeah, I was going to say who's worth more in a dynasty right now, Bichette or Turner? I'd say Bichette. And but, here's here's a reminder: yeah. we have dynasty rankings on Rotowire. You there can you check go. Out for yourself, rotowire.com. Yes, <laughs> yes. Where we we get to the plug part five minutes afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Rotowire.com/pod get you a free trial, a uh, free peek behind the paywall. You can take a look at James Anderson's uh, dynasty rankings as well as his updated prospect rankings. Uh, also, uh, James had updated his prospect list last week. And he's doing his podcast will be a mailbag podcast tomorrow. So you guys can check that out. Um, yeah, I will. I will promote the hell out of all of that there. So, Cause James does great work. So happy to promote that. Uh, Fred, anything else you wanted to hit before we sign off? We're over about, a, we're about an hour 10 now. Uh, let's see if there's anything important that I feel like we missed. Um, oh, Liam Hendricks was back. Yeah. I feel like we yeah. got to at least mention that for uh, sure. Didn't do great, but he, who cares? Get unlucky too. There was Absolutely. like a, you know, it wasn't quite a bloop, but it wasn't a hard hit ball for one of the hits there. A little unlucky ball dropping in front of an outfielder. Yeah. I mean, he, I, I'm not sure if he goes straight into, well, I don't know. They can do whatever. Like White Sox aren't going aren't gonna to make the playoffs. I was going to say, I don't know if he's going to go straight. In, I don't think he should go straight into the closers role. He'll get there. Yep. But I don't he think would. he needs to. I don't need, think he needs to get a save chance this week. I mean, they can't, like I say, they can because. It might not be happen. one. That's right. And if there is, I just like that's probably not going to matter in the end for them, anyways. But I actually, just for Hendrick's sake, I don't want him to blow a save this week, yeah. right? Like he's back. I don't know he he didn't shut down the completely shut down the other team. So, anyways, that's a pretty awesome story. Well, I guess what I'm saying is, if I have Kendall Graveman, I'm not dropping him yet. 
Okay. I think, I think I'm going to, I think I'll hold him. Like I would keep him active for another week and just, I ha- I have Kendall Graveman in the league and I have him active this week because he might get a save. Like he has like four this month, something like that. So, and Pete Fairbanks is back on the IL in other yes, closer news. Second time. I don't know. I don't know if I like where this is all going. They say it's not that big of a deal, but he gets hurt every year. It seems I, like that, I don't yeah. know. Jason Adam. I, unfortunately I dropped Jason Adam in a couple of leagues the week before Fairbanks went on the IL. The oh first no. Time. Yeah, I know. I feel terrible about it. And, and I picked him up for the exact, I drafted him. I was like, this guy's a good reliever on a team that mixes up closers. And, you know, maybe he could even run with the closer job at some point. And then I got a little impatient and I well, didn't get him you got squeezed. I mean, that's the, that's yeah, the problem that's with it. holding guys like that yeah. is well, I was know. using him, And then I just, I think I dropped him for Yainer or, Cano from the Orioles in one of the leagues. So I was just like, this Cano guy's awesome. And he is. Adam, and Fairbanks was pitching. And I'm like, and Adam's not the closer. So we'll see where all that ends up. But I, I wish I could have Adam back. Yeah, for sure. I just don't like where this is all going with Fairbanks. No, I, I, I get that for sure. And yeah. the only thing that's working in his favor is the Jays have signed him long term. So uh, yeah. they're going to keep giving him chances whenever he's healthy. But this is whenever he's healthy is the, uh, the big caveat. Yeah. And, Maybe when he comes back, he doesn't pitch back-to-back days. He's like a one-inning-only guy and things like that, things of that nature, which is so not Rays. So yep. uh, we'll see. Yep. All right. Uh, that's uh, going to wrap it up for today's pod. As alluded, we got the the Prospect podcast tomorrow with James Anderson, and it's a mailbag edition. Uh, so locking in for that. Mike Gianella joins me on Thursday. Looking forward to conversation with him from Baseball Prospectus. Always have fun conversations with Mike. Uh, so thanks, guys, for tuning in. And uh, Fred and I will be back at you again next Tuesday. Take care. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.